Mohawk people have been making beaded jewelry for thousands of years. It's a practice deeply ingrained in a lot of Native cultures. Today we're going to meet a beater who had to leave her home in Akwesasne to find her gift. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from the St. Lawrence County Community Development Program, now accepting applications for the Head Start program to prepare children ages 3 to 5 for school, online at slccdp.org slash head dash start. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, December 26th. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. First up, the Plattsburgh City Council confirmed the appointment of a new police chief last week. Peter Mitchell could be the city's first active permanent police chief in three years, but his appointment didn't come without some controversy. Kara Chapman reports. Hours before last week's meeting, Councillor Elizabeth Gibbs sent out an email explaining why she'd be voting against making Peter Mitchell the city's next police chief. Mitchell, who was most recently a captain, has been with the department for about 25 years. Among other things, Gibbs claimed that he'd lied and made misleading statements in a memo to councillors about what he'd done for the department. She also said that different rules were being applied to his candidacy for chief. Gibbs wrote, quote, he's a bad choice and he's bad for the department, which means he's bad for the city. Mitchell spoke to reporters after the vote Thursday. It's her opinion, and I'm not going to comment on him right now. Gibbs also made some comments about Mayor Chris Rosenquist. She said he called civil service to make Mitchell a permanent captain before his test results came out, which she characterized as political corruption. She also said Thursday's meeting was the only time Rosenquist could get the needed votes for Mitchell's appointment. The mayor did not comment directly on Gibbs' claims. He did say that his office has to follow civil service rules and cannot undermine them. Um, I do not agree with those rules all of the time, and I've said as much. Uh, But at the end of the day, it is the law, and I cannot... um uh, I have no mechanism or or desire to undermine that law. Uh, I have a desire to change parts of it because it is it is challenging to navigate civil service law. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we still have to follow those rules. Gibbs was the only no vote on Mitchell's appointment. Councilors Julie Bond and Jeff Moore both abstained, while the other three councilors voted yes. Mitchell's appointment as chief is provisional. That means it's pending the results of a civil service test he'll take in March. Rosenquist said he made the appointment now because some counselors had approached him about putting it on the agenda for consideration. The Plattsburgh Police Department hasn't had an active permanent police chief for three years. Former Chief Levi Ritter was placed on administrative leave in December 2020, two months after he was named in an excessive use of force lawsuit. He resigned in April 2021. Rosenquist tried to replace him with an external hire two years ago, but the council voted down his pick, Vermont State Police Captain Mike Manley. The city made former Warren County Sheriff Nathan Bud York interim police chief in early 2022. York held that position for more than a year. Mitchell says he hopes his appointment brings stability to the department. I think that's what people have needed there, the officers need. Um, you know, they've, they've worked through some stuff. They've had a lot, of, a lot focused on them, um, being pulled, pushed and pulled from a lot of directions, and I think this is what they need. Mitchell says his priorities include recruiting more officers, working on the department's reputation, and getting the city's drug problem under control. Kara Chapman, North Country Public Radio, Plattsburgh City Hall. This week, we're listening back to our newsroom's favorite stories of 2023. Back in January, we met this young Mohawk beater. 
Seikosk, Deglios Youngyuks. I'm from Akwesasne originally. Deglios also goes by her English name, Jocelyn Jock. Jock beads intricate earrings and other artwork. But it wasn't until she left home that she found a passion for this part of her culture. Emily Russell brings us her story. Jocelyn Jock was driving through the Adirondacks recently when she spotted a dead porcupine on the side of the road. So she pulled over and started plucking out its quills. At first, I was just like pulling like handfuls out of it and like just thanking the creator and everything. Jock makes jewelry with those quills. They're hollow, so they act like a kind of bead. I like went to get in my car to drive away and I was like, I can't just leave it there. So I like just threw it in the back and then I drove home. At her home in Bloomingdale, Jock keeps those quills in a little clear box. They're about two inches long, a kind of pale white color, and are super sharp. Jock says it took her five whole days to harvest these. Each porcupine has about 30,000 quills on it, and you have to pluck them individually by hand. You have to wash them individually, you have to boil them, you have to dry them, and then you have to trim them. Jock first learned to bead when she was just six years old, but it didn't turn into a big part of her childhood. She lived in Akwesasne, but went to school off the reservation in Messina. During the day, she'd be surrounded by white people and white culture. Jock says bouncing between worlds was really hard. I wasn't white enough to fit in with the white kids, and I wasn't native enough to fit in with the native kids. So it was kind of just like a really back and forth of having to like walk a very particular line. Eventually, she left Akwesasne, moved to the Adirondacks for college. But then she started going back home to see family. That is when she really began beating on a regular basis. I would visit with my mom, and that's, that's what we would do. She would teach me, and we'd kind of just talk, and we would beat, and that would be like our hanging out when I would go home. And then COVID happened, so I stopped going home so often, and I started doing it here. She watched videos on YouTube, found patterns on Pinterest. Jock has been beading now for years. I am just going to bring the beads down to the end of the string. She's beading now onto a piece of felt. Jock tightens the two tiny beads up. And then I will pierce the fabric with the needle. Pull it all the way through. And then I will go back through uh, the two beads. And that is one stitch. One stitch takes her about 30 seconds. So beaded earrings can take anywhere from 4 to 40 hours to make. She beads either on her lunch break or when she's not working at Nori's, a natural food store in Saranac Lake. Right now, she sells her earrings on commission. Almost all of my coworkers on the cafe side have them. Um, Almost everyone at Nori's has a pair of my earrings. That voice you hear in the background is Jock's older sister, Presley Ransom. My name is Presley. I am 30 years old from Akwesasne. Ransom and Jock live together, along with their other sister, Keely, and Ransom's husband. Like Jock, Ransom bounced between native and white cultures as a kid, never feeling like she fit in anywhere. Ransom says that really left a mark on her. I really suppressed my culture. I never learned how to bead. I never learned how to dance. And I never learned how to cook uh, our traditional foods. So to watch her really embrace our culture has been phenomenal to be able to back her nonstop and to be pushing her art. It's amazing to see. 
Ransom has been a kind of guinea pig for Jock's earrings. She also helped Jock connect with a ski company out west, Vishnu Free Ski. The company commissioned a beaded piece by Jock that took her 600 hours to make. A photo of that piece is now the design on a pair of pretty fancy downhill skis. Jock says the piece tells a story of family, of Mohawk culture, and of a time when Native children were forcibly taken from their homes and stripped of that culture. The orange colors are for the residential schools and for all those who didn't make a home. The strawberries that are there are, there's three of them. It's kind of just representing me and my sisters. And strawberries are really good medicine. Then there are rows of pink and red for the missing and murdered Indigenous women. Jock says it's important for her not only to embrace her culture, but to share it with others, both the beauty and the pain. She also hopes that sharing and selling her work on Instagram inspires others to do the same. I hope that other native, younger Native artists see it and they go, oh, I can do that too. And they just try their hand at anything and they just post about it and they just try to find their voice. Jock found her voice through her beaded jewelry and through embracing her Mohawk culture. She hopes one day she can bead full-time, make a real living doing what she really loves. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio, Bloomingdale. That story first aired in January of this year. You can see some of Deglios' beautiful and intricate beadwork on our website, ncpr.org. We have more news there all the time, of course, ncpr.org. Music today by Caitlin Scholl of Lake Placid and Patricia Julian of Burlington. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.